0: I'd like to begin by asking you a question A couple of questions All with the same intent As you have lived out your life Both before becoming a Christian And even since Trusting in Jesus Christ For salvation Being born again Being a child of God In his family Living for him each day Have you ever wondered What is the Lord doing in my life? What is going on? Why did this situation come upon me? Why was I blessed in this way? Why did this awful trial happen in my life? Lord, what are you trying to do? What is it that you want me to understand? Have you ever asked those questions? Have you ever wondered that? about your life or about particular events in your life. As far back as recorded history goes, we know that mankind has always asked certain key questions. What is the meaning of life? Where did I come from? What happens after I die? What is the foundation of true unchanging morality? Is there any ultimate purpose in life? Is there any foundational value? Mankind has asked all these questions, and we've asked questions about our life and things that have taken place in our life and even what the coming days while we draw breath on this earth, what these coming days hold for us and what God's purpose is for us. Now I ask all these questions because this is exactly what happened in Genesis chapter 40 through the dreams of Pharaoh's cupbearer and his baker. When they viewed these dreams apart from God and the knowledge of God given through God's word through the prophet Joseph because that's how he was functioning as a prophet giving the interpretation that he said would only come from God they had no clue they were troubled they were sad they didn't understand and that's exactly what happened in that chapter we can relate to that Not just about dreams But about every situation in life God is not only the interpreter of dreams And visions He is the interpreter of every event of our life And we're going to see how that comes out In this chapter From this chapter, Genesis 40 There are three key life principles that we're going to try to bring out that you'll see is tied to the actual text of scripture. The first is God is sovereign over our dreams, our desires, our hopes. And we all have desires and hopes. Without hope, there's no great looking forward with expectation to the next day. And in fact, If you were to ask clinical psychologists and psychiatrists, the number one reason why people attempt to take their own life, seriously attempt to take their own life, it's because they have no hope. They have no hope that anything is ever going to change, that tomorrow is going to be better than today. God is sovereign over our dreams, desires, our hopes. He decides which come to pass into reality. The most important principle is the second one. God is the only lens through which life can be viewed. Think of that lens like a telescope, an astronomer looking at the stars and the planets and the moons that orbit those planets. Think of it as a microscope where you zoom in on some pond water and you see little protozoans swimming around. God is a lens, just like the microscope and the telescope bring things clearly into focus to our eyes so that we can see and perceive and understand God is the only lens through which life can be viewed that enables us to make sense out of the events of our life. God and God alone is the proper interpreter. Not the headlines, not the internet, not social media, Not even well-meaning friends, even Christian friends, who might share a word of encouragement or advice that is not always founded upon God's Word. God is the only lens that you can correctly and properly interpret the events of your life through. And then thirdly, knowledge of His Word. Just as it came through Joseph to the cupbearer and the baker to interpret their dreams knowledge of his word is the only thing that gives true meaning to life without that knowledge we are like the cupbearer and the baker we don't know what it means not truly we might have ideas we might have hopes but we really don't have them in the right perspective the perspective of eternity the title of today's message if you like titles is the sovereignty of God over life's dreams desires and hopes and we all have these so I trust that the true teacher of God's Word this morning the Holy Spirit will take these precious principles and truths from the words of Scripture and impress them upon our hearts and our minds and that our life will truly, truly be changed, that we will have a new perspective on every event and situation and circumstance, every day, every moment of our life, viewing things through the lens of the knowledge of God that's found in his word. God is sovereign over all of our dreams, desires, and hopes. In Genesis chapter 40, the Lord God is revealed as the only one through whom everything makes sense. It didn't make sense just through the dream. It didn't make sense through Pharaoh. It didn't make sense through Potiphar, the captain of the bodyguard. It didn't make sense just because of Joseph. Joseph gave the credit and glory to God. God is the one who interprets dreams. Everything only makes sense through God. He gives us understanding of life. And if you take just one thing away today, I mentioned three principles, but if you take only one thing, let it be this. God wants to give real meaning to your life, and you'll find that in his word, just as the cupbearer and the baker found it through God's words through Joseph. We will find it through God's word through the pens of the authors of Scripture. God really wants to give that real meaning to your life. Believe it, trust it. Just as He gave real meaning to the cupbearer and the baker, He wants to give it to you, especially if you're a child of God. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation. I mean, how could he want to give meaning, provide meaning into the life of a pagan cupbearer who worshipped idols and a baker who worshipped idols and false gods and he not want to give it to you? That makes no sense at all. Christ put it this way If you then being evil Know how to give good gifts To your children How much more Shall your father in heaven Give what is good To those who ask him He gave what is good Through Joseph To the cupbearer And the baker He wants to give it to you In the exact same way His words His understanding His focus His perspective On every single aspect Of your life He wants you to view it the way he views it, if you want to see how the pieces fit together and what he's trying to accomplish. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 40 under three main headings. Without God's word, and these relate to those three principles, by the way, without God's word, life can be confusing, just as it was for the cupbearer and the baker. Only God's word can give real meaning to life. And then according to God's word, his purposes will always come to pass. So let's dig right in. Without God, life can be confusing. When we view things from our own perspective, from a false perspective, an unbiblical perspective, things get very muddied. It's only through the interpretive lens of God We begin to see things clearly. The haze clears. The sun shines. And we see everything the way God wants us to see it. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to understand each and every single thing. There are secret things that belong unto the Lord. But there are things that he reveals unto us and to our children forever, Moses writes. Why? Moses goes on, so that we may be careful to do according to all that is written in the law, in God's word. Without God, life can be confusing. Let's see how this comes out. Verse 1 begins After these things, what things? The things in chapter 39. Joseph had been lied about, he had kept himself pure. He said, how can I do this terrible thing and sin against the Lord? He avoided sin. He fled from temptation and sin. And he's lied about, he's slandered, and what happens to him for his righteousness? He's thrown into prison. It makes no sense. After these things, him being thrown into prison, the cupbearer and the baker offended Pharaoh, their lord. Viewed apart from God's plan, life events have no context. We have chapter 39 with Joseph thrown into prison. We have chapter 40 with the cupbearer who was responsible. He drank from that cup, he oversaw the preparation of all the beverages. And he would bring the cup to Pharaoh and he would drink from it to show that it was not poisoned. They offend Pharaoh. Pharaoh was furious with his officials, and he put them in confinement in the jail of the captain of the bodyguard. Now, I can can tell you, I've probably read Genesis 40 50 or more times in the last 48 years as a Christian. And, you know, every time I read this, oh, he put them in the jail. Uh, In charge of the chief jailer No it doesn't say that I don't know why I never noticed it before It's the captain of the bodyguard Who is that? Well at the end of chapter 37 The captain of the bodyguard Potiphar buys Joseph as a slave In the beginning of chapter 39 He's identified again As the captain of the bodyguard Potiphar not only Was the captain of the bodyguard That protected Pharaoh But he also was in charge of the jail where pharaoh's prisoners would be kept those who were particular particularly prisoners of pharaoh and had committed some crime or offense against pharaoh he wasn't the jailer but he was over the jail the chief jailer ran the day-to-day operations of the jail pharaoh put him in confinement in the jail of the captain Of the bodyguard. Joseph's put in jail by the captain of the bodyguard. Pharaoh puts the cupbearer and the baker in the jail that is overseen by the captain of the bodyguard where he had previously placed Joseph. We have these different pieces. They seem unrelated. Viewed apart from God's ultimate plan, which we already know, from our very first message on Joseph that God had a bigger perspective than just Joseph's life. He wanted to save the entire extended family of Jacob and Joseph's brothers and their wives and their children, 70 people in all. Why? So that eventually the implicit promise to the woman that the seed of woman would crush the serpent's head Paul identifies that seed in Galatians as Jesus Christ. This is all part of the unfolding drama of redemption so that Messiah would be born, a seed of Jacob, a seed of Eve. God is now, we're now beginning to see these separate pieces start to come together. But without An understanding of God's larger plan, these events have no context. They just seem to be random, they seem to be unrelated, but they're not. God is weaving separate events together. He was furious, he put him in confinement in the jail of the captain of the bodyguard in the jail, the same place where Joseph was. God is now weaving these separate threads together He's weaving a beautiful tapestry out of Joseph's life, out of the life of all the descendants of Eve. He's weaving a tapestry out of your life. Your life is one thread in that tapestry. Your your family members, your extended family, your brothers and sisters in this church, People that you run into in the marketplace or at work or in your neighborhood, they're all threads in that tapestry of life that God is weaving together. He's going to make a beautiful picture out of many separate threads. He's doing this with Joseph. He's doing it with you right now, today. Make no mistake about it, God never changes. His desire for Joseph And his life, he has the same desire for you and I. He's weaving these together. They're not random separate events. Look around at the person next to you. Look across the room at someone. That is a thread that God is weaving into your life in some way. All persons are part of God's plan. The captain of the bodyguard put Joseph in charge of them. You know, uh, the the purple title there, the first words I typed was, whoa, what? With three question marks. You know, I said, well, that won't work, but that's the way it struck me. The captain of the bodyguard put Joseph in charge. Whoever would have thunk it? He was the one who threw Joseph in jail. And in fact, the very jail where he could make sure things got really tough for Joseph. And instead, God blessed Joseph there. The chief jailer, you know, I I don't know exactly what happened, but I could envision Potiphar telling the jailer, make it tough on this one. I want him miserable. And the chief jailer giving him the toughest task so that he would fail, but God was with him, as we saw last week, and he blessed everything. And the jailer sees this, notices this, probably reports back to uh, Potiphar when Potiphar wants to know, oh, how many times have you had to flog him for failing? And all he hears is a good report that the jail is better than ever before. Potiphar, even though he Joseph was now his arch enemy, you would think, Okay, Potiphar's done. He stuffed Joseph in jail. That's the end of the story for Potiphar. The end. But no. All persons are still part of God's plan. Potiphar still has a part. He's the one who puts Joseph in charge of the cupbearer and the baker. His part in God's plan was not done. Never think your part in God's plan Is done. While you draw breath, God has a part in His plan for you. But His plan doesn't always proceed on our timetable, does it? They were in confinement for some time. Trust in God, He's never failed us yet. Never forget that, just like we sang. Life has no coincidences. All is part of God's plan. Then the cupbearer and the baker who were confined in the jail both had a dream the same night. Not a coincidence. Part of God's plan. How do we know this? Because they would come to Joseph for an interpretation Joseph would give the interpretation from God It would come to pass Exactly as Joseph said In both of their lives And it would be part Of God's plan So that testimony could be given to Pharaoh In the coming chapters That Joseph can Interpret dreams God gives Joseph the interpretation You need to get Joseph out of jail so he can interpret your dream, Pharaoh. Both of these. It wasn't just, oh, one was right and the other was wrong. One was right, I don't know what the other interpretation is. No, both. As evidence to Pharaoh that you better listen to this young Hebrew lad, he can interpret your dream. Both had a dream the same night. Not a coincidence. It's not one night and then the following night. They both had not just a dream, but as we will find out, a dream that was so troubling to them that they were dejected, that they were sad. And it would show on their face. Life has no coincidences. It didn't have a coincidence for the cupbearer and the baker. There are no coincidences in your life or mine. It is all ordained from eternity past by God. God has an intent and purpose in every single event, every situation, every circumstance, every moment of your life. It doesn't just happen and catch God by surprise. Without viewing events through God's word, life is troubling. When Joseph came to them in the morning and observed them, behold, they were dejected. He asked them, why are your faces So sad, not just sad, but so sad today. Then they said to him, we had a dream, and there's no one to interpret it. Without viewing events, through the word that would come from God, through Joseph, there was sadness. There was confusion. They were troubled. It's the same with you and I, brothers and sisters. When we try to make sense of things that we read in the headlines or that happens to our life or that a dear brother and sister, we hear of some tragedy in their life, we scratch our heads and wonder without viewing it through the lens of God's word where the mind of God, the plan and purpose of God, is made clear to us. Life can indeed be very troubling. We have more worry, more fear, more fretting in this life when we neglect His Word, when we try to make sense of things on our own. God is the only interpretive lens that brings everything clearly into focus to our mind's eye and gives us understanding. We've seen that without God, life, without his word, life can be confusing, and only God can give real meaning to life. Let's see how that comes out. I've mentioned it before, but we're going to see where this comes from. God is the interpretive lens through which every life event must be viewed in order to be properly understood. They said, we had a dream and there's no one to interpret it. This is why they were troubled. This is why they were so sad. And then Joseph gives them the answer. Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell it to me, please. This is the point of this entire passage. This is the key verse, the key point, the key to the entire message of Genesis 40. Recall last week, we saw four times, the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord was with him, the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord was with him. And we saw clearly, okay, that's what Genesis 39 is about. The Lord is with Joseph, it's mentioned twice, in Potiphar's house with great success, and it's mentioned twice, After Joseph is in prison and he still has great success. The Lord is always with us. He never forsakes us, no matter what our situation in life. And we learn that repetition is often the key to recognizing the key message or point in a passage or chapter of Scripture. Another way is that often one of the characters in the story, here it's Joseph, either at the beginning, Somewhere in the middle, at the climax or at the very end, they make a statement. Usually that statement is about God. That is the key. And everything else in the story, in the narrative, in the chapter or the passage, is to be tied into that. And that's what we've been trying to do here. Without God, life can be troubling and confusing. We don't understand things. But now, with God's word everything comes into focus. Joseph says it, do not interpretations belong to God. Interpretations of dreams, interpretations of visions, interpretation of news headlines, and I'm not talking about trying to, oh, when's the tribulation coming? Oh, or this is setting up for the return of Christ. I'm not talking about that type of thing. I'm talking about Whatever the headlines have to say, as part of God's larger redemptive plan. Uh, What does this situation mean for my life? How am I to understand this event? God is the one who gives us the interpretation, who makes us to trust in Him and gives us confidence that He knows what He's doing. When we start to view events in, from God's larger plan, particularly His plan for you and I, He makes it so clear in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. He intends to conform us to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Every event in life, every situation, every circumstance is designed in some way, shape, or form to reproduce Christ's character in us, to give us the opportunity to be more sanctified and more Christ-like in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions, in our motives, our desires. God is the only way to properly interpret everything that enters our life. Do not interpretations belong to God. If you want to know what an event a blessing or a tragedy it doesn't matter what it is what part it could play in your life or the life of someone you love or someone you know you must look at it through the interpretive lens of god and his word only there will you begin to see things clearly only god's word gives clear meaning to the events of life so the chief cupbearer told his dream to joseph and Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation. Remember you just said the interpretation would come from God. Here, God is giving the interpretation through Joseph. Joseph is only saying what God has made plain to him. The interpretation comes from God. It's so clear in this passage. It's the same for you and I. Our desires, dreams, and hopes should always have God in mind. They should never be focused on ourself or anyone else. God should always be kept in mind. Joseph, after he gives a favorable interpretation to the cupbearer, that in three days, the cupbearer would be raised up out of jail and would hand Pharaoh the cup again. Joseph then says to him, keep me in mind. Please do me a kindness. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It is right to keep others in mind. It is right to want to receive kindness and to show kindness. Do me a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. Here's the problem for I was in fact kidnapped. And even here, I have done nothing that they should have put me into the dungeon. All true. Do not interpretations come from God? Joseph, they believed dreams came from God. And in fact, these dreams did because God had to give the interpretation. And it was all part of his plan to move the Joseph narrative forward so Joseph could provide salvation from a famine for Jacob and 70 others. But in all these words... Even despite the dreams that he had Of his brothers and his mother and father Bowing down to him I bet he's wondering How could this ever come to pass Now I'm in jail I'm separated from my family In fact it's my brothers who sold me as a slave Dreams come from God But I don't see how this could ever be Oh it's for others The cupbearer and the baker But it's not for me You see his focus here There is no mention of God here at all in these verses. The focus is on himself. He didn't say, you know, so that the plan of God through the dreams he gave me of my brothers and parents bowing down to me that that somehow those dreams can come to pass, the dreams that God gave me. He doesn't think about God here. Our desires, dreams, and hopes. He had this hope, this desire to be out of jail. But he didn't include God in there. It's only what he wanted. Are we ever guilty of that? I resemble that comment. I'm guilty of that sometimes. We always must have God in mind with our desires and our hopes. God would raise Joseph up out of that jail, but not simply because Joseph wanted it, because Joseph wanted a kindness, even deserved a kindness, not because of that, but because it was part of God's plan. Only God's word gives clear meaning to even bad events of life, uh, the chief baker, now he's encouraged by the favorable interpretation from Joseph. He, he's troubled by his dream as well, but okay, the cupbearer's dream was good. I'm gonna go for it. And the chief baker said to Joseph, I also saw in my dream. And he relates the dream to Joseph. But Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation. Instead of being raised back, To his position, he would be released from the jail only to be put to death. God's word gives clear meaning not only to the blessings of life, but to the tragedies of life. Everything, good and bad, only makes sense when viewed through the interpretive lens of God. And then lastly, we're going to see that according to God's word, exactly as he had given the interpretations to Joseph, his purpose, his plan will come to pass. God's plan will always come to pass. Even kings cannot stop them. No one can stop God's plan. Thus it came about on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants. It came about... Just as Joseph had interpreted the dreams The king, Pharaoh, couldn't stop them In fact, Pharaoh even wanted this day His birthday There was nothing There was no way that it could be stopped His plan, God's plan Will always come to pass Know that That his plan will never be set aside It'll never be changed It'll never be circumvented Not you, not anyone else can do an end run around God's plan. We can't fake God out. His plan will come to pass in his time. God's plan will always come to pass exactly as revealed in his word. Pharaoh restored the cupbearer, but he hanged the chief baker just as, exactly as, Joseph had interpreted to them. God's plan never changes. No detail of it will ever be left out and not come to pass. He planned it all from eternity past. And we all have a part in it. The chief baker was hanged. He was decapitated, impaled on a pole, and the birds of the air ate his flesh. Not, not a very pleasant end. But if you're here this morning and you have never trusted in the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ that he provided on the cross, when he went to the cross and according to scripture, he bore the sins of the world in his body. He experienced the wrath and judgment of God So that you and I would not have to. So that anyone who calls on him for salvation would not have to experience not just a terrible death like the chief baker, but an eternal death separated from God and Christ forever under the judgment of God for all eternity. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ, that is the interpretation of your life. It's found in scripture. The wrath of God according to John 3:36 abides on you and will abide for all eternity. That's a terrible picture. That's a terrible thing. It's a terrible truth, but that is the truth of scripture. Jesus Christ came to bring salvation to the world that the world might live again as we sometimes sing here. Hallelujah for what you've done, Lord Jesus. He provided salvation. Trust in him. Turn to him. Turn from your sins. Repent from your sins. Turn to God and be saved. Cry out to Christ. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can't trust in your good deeds. You can't trust in your prayers, your church attendance, your giving. None of these things, all our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. God saved us, the scripture says, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy. And his mercy is seen in the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. That's what Jesus Christ said. You can't have eternal life and spend eternity in heaven with God and Christ any other way but by coming through Jesus Christ in the way that he said. Call out to him for salvation. I I, I plead with you. I beg you. Bow your heart and your knee to him. Confess yourself a hell-deserving sinner. Cry out to him for salvation. Thank him for saving you. He will. He will do that. It is the promise of Scripture. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. As surely as these dreams and their interpretation came to pass in the life of the cupbearer, And the baker, so too God's salvation will come to pass in your life If you repent and turn to him And trust in him, believe in him For salvation God uses all things to bring about his plan Not our plan He said, keep me in mind Please do me a kindness Get me out This was Joseph's plan Now it was going to be part of God's plan too But not at this time God uses all things to bring about his plan. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph but forgot him. The time was not right. Why? Pharaoh had not yet had his troubling dream. He needed to have that dream. Something else needed to happen in order for Joseph to be able to be in a position so that the rest of God's plan during seven years of prosperity followed by seven years of famine would be able to come to pass, and Joseph would be the key figure there in providing that temporal salvation. Joseph's plan, keep me in mind, get me out. But God used even the forgetfulness. We scratch our heads and wonder, how could the cupbearer ever forget Joseph? after Joseph interpreted the dream, but he did. And God used even that to bring about his plan. He uses even the forgetfulness, not just things we do, but things we don't do, to bring about his plan, not our plan. We've seen that the, God is sovereign over our life's dreams, desires, and hopes, and that without God's word, life can be very confusing. Only God's word gives real meaning to life. And in accordance with his word, what he reveals in his word, his purpose will come to pass. Just, I'll name one for you. Paul wrote it about the Philippian Christians. What's true of them is true of every single believer in Christ. That he, God, who began a good work in you, will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He will perfect the work in every one of you who are his children until the day of Christ Jesus. And when we see him face to face, finally the final step, the giant step, we shall be like him, the scripture says, because we shall see him as he is. His purpose will come to pass in your life. Nothing will ever separate you from God. I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. He will bring all his purpose to pass one day in you, hallelujah God is sovereign over our dreams, desires and hopes, he decides not you and I, he decides what comes to pass in reality which one of our hopes and desires God is the only lens through which life can be viewed to enable us to make sense out of the events of this life God is the interpreter nothing else And his word is the only thing that gives true meaning to life. His living word, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the written word that reveals him to us. God was revealed in this chapter. I hope you could see this. God is revealed as the only one through whom everything makes sense. He is the one who gives understanding to life. I hope that came out. And please, again, take this away with you. Talk to the Lord about it. Let it encourage your hearts. Let this truth thrill your heart. God wants to give real meaning to your life, and you'll find it in his word. That's where you're going to find it. So let me challenge you with a couple questions for self-examination. And you can talk to the Lord about it this week, each one of these Today will you begin to prayerfully view every aspect and event of your life from God's perspective? You know, Clint and I, for decades, we would ask ourselves, and if the other one came home from work, uh, you know, stressed out, we had permission to ask the other, what's the Lord trying to teach you? Ask that. Lord, what are you trying to teach me? When a situation or event occurs in your life, whether it be a conflict or even a blessing, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to reveal about yourself to me? View every event and aspect of your life from God's perspective. Prayerfully do that. It's not always obvious, and we have to labor in prayer before the Lord today will you begin to use god's word as the lens to view your life through that is the telescope that brings the far reaches of god's plan clearly into focus that that is the microscope the lens of the microscope that brings even the smallest most insignificantly uh, insignificant aspects of our life into focus it's what puts the pieces of the puzzle of our life together is God's word. It explains to us exactly what it is that God is trying to do in us and through us, both as individual believers and as a local church. Use his word. Would you begin to do that as the lens to view your life through? Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, we confess, as did Joseph, that interpretations come from you and only you. Jesus Christ, our Lord, uh, we rejoice that your word has revealed to us that in you are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You are the source, the fountainhead of all truth, all wisdom, all knowledge, all understanding. Apart from you, nothing makes sense. The insanity of this world and sometimes of our life, the turmoil. We would despair greatly apart from you. Our faces would be so sad, like the cupbearer and the baker. But we thank you that life does have meaning. And that meaning is found in you, Lord. Jesus and in living for you and serving you. Encourage our hearts in this way. Give us understanding and clarity regarding what you are doing in our life and how the the pieces fit together, that they're not just isolated pieces, but they're all part of a puzzle that makes a beautiful picture when it's all assembled. And only you can assemble it for us. And you have with your word, and we thank you that you have given us the guidebook to understanding our life and to living a meaningful life for you. Oh, Lord, you are so good to us. We await to see all that you have for us in the coming days and even more in eternity. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would come quickly. We ask all this for your name's sake. Amen.